As I mentioned on yesterday's show, Shane Jones, the Prince of the Province, has wrote an excellent opinion piece in the Herald. And I want to pick out one of his lines ahead of next week's budget. He writes, Memorable budgets have great themes. This one should have the strap line of work not waste, work not welfare, and work not woke. Hey Shane Jones, I'm with you on that. I think it's really important that those of us fight the good fight against the woke movement. What do you reckon? Oh, definitely. Uh, There's so many segments within the media, within the managerial culture of the bureaucracy and various other features of the Beltway that are woke struck. And that's actually not going to help us and our resilience, it's not going to help us to pay our debt, it's not going to help us, more importantly, to pave the way for the next generation who need to get out of the sense that we don't need to pay in order for us to move to the, the new nirvana, whatever that might be. Well, maybe the new nirvana could be National Act in New Zealand first, although I can't imagine Winston and David Seymour sitting around the same cabinet table. Mind you, it would be the lesser of two evils, wouldn't it? Labour, the Greens and uh, the Maori Party would be the coalition of chaos. Yeah, I think the Maori Party have done themselves and voters who may have been toying with the idea of voting Labour a great disservice. That was a disgraceful performance in Parliament. Um, Not only was it a corruption of Maori culture, it was a display of buffoonery that ordinary Kiwis who were struggling to put pucker on the table and pay their mortgages would have been horrified about. And as for the uh, jumping praying mantis from Hawke's Bay, otherwise known as Mecca Whaiteri, uh, that was uh, an act of delinquency, and sadly, she has turned her back on the long-suffering community of Hawke's Bay, who have enough worries, without uh, having to give thought to the wandering ways of their MP. Well, she's deserted her post, effectively, when it comes to being the Cyclone Recovery Minister. Yeah, in, uh, in the time of battle, desertion is a capital crime. Presumably, the costs of that desertion will be shooted home rammed home um, to her and the uh, um, the ragtag group that she's now joined, who I must say seem to be in a perpetual state of identity crisis. The Māori Party uh, plea, they use all this language that change has to be revolutionary, which is absolute nonsense. Change in New Zealand has to be managed, planned and affordable. It's a problem with a lot of the rhetoric coming from the Jeremiah's and the climate change movement. Uh, It's about time that more of us stood back and said, well, okay, you may want to do this, but should we do it? Who on earth is going to pay for it? And what about the loss of revenue and the loss of production in this journey of um, climate change perfection? I mean, the reality is you could kill every cow tomorrow and uh, we still wouldn't change the weather. I think the high tide mark has actually been reached in a lot of this climate change rhetoric. And if a new government does come to pass and I'm a part of it, the first thing we'll be doing is changing the composition of that Climate Change Commission. So are you a climate change denier? I'm not a climate change denier, but I'm, I've always been a believer in adaptation. Really? You really think that by shrinking the economy of New Zealand, you're going to improve the weather? Do we have power over La Nina? Do we have power over El Nino? We're a small 5 million strong population, with a 320-odd billion or thereabouts economy, 
we need to be realistic about the things that we can do. And we do not have the ability to force China, India, America, or various other places at a time when those countries are subsidizing manufacturing. Those countries are subsidizing the relocation of industry back home. So, look, there's a big wake-up call, and I suspect that the rating agencies will also sharply remind us of that as we uh, move through the next uh, month looking at the shape and form of Grant Robertson's budget. Well, let's have a look at that Aussie budget. They came up with the $4 billion or $4.2 billion sur- surplus, whatever it was, largely off the back of digging up coal and sending it off to China to heat the planet. And we have every ability in New Zealand to extract our own resources, use the iron sands of Taranaki, do smart mining in those areas of our stewardship estate, which is not dock land, it's land that's held by dock and stewardship. And if we're going to continue to promote the virtues of living in a first world society, we're going to have to fix up our crumbling infrastructure. We're going to also have to ensure that the bureaucracy is fit for purpose, where it's flabby, excise it, where it's uh, misdirected, give it a laser-like focus on growing the economy. You cannot have the things that my generation, your generation took for granted unless you generate an economic surplus. No society that lives perpetually in deficit has a better environment than one that lives in economic surplus. It's 101. Hey, just a final question for you. Will the battle lines for New Zealand first be, be drawn around a war on woke and co-governance? Well, for those of your listeners who have followed Winston, you, you can see that the, the essence of the party as reflected by our leader is something that we all embrace in our party. Number one, we have allowed a culture of periwinkles and periwinkle torchbearers to forge on ahead and we've lost sight of what are the underlying qualities that make New Zealanders what they really are, a resilient, independent, hardworking race of people here in the South Pacific that's under threat because we've lost sight of our foundational values and too many of us are being guilt-tripped into Ngāti Wautanga, whether or not you know, there's people who don't even know how to define a woman. That's totally irrelevant. A woman is my mother. A woman is the person that I'm married to. This is ridiculous. It's got so out of control that we've even now got large commercial institutions changing the manner and form of language for fear of offending a tiny minority of New Zealand voters. Okay, I take it you don't have a pronoun behind your signature, Shane Jones? I really don't want to be briefed by anyone in the future who feels that it's important that I should know their pronoun before I accept the quality of their advice. Shane Jones, thanks for the quality of your commentary today on The Country. Appreciate it. See you, mate.